All right, good morning, apes, and welcome back to the Daily Peel's live stream slash podcast slash everything that you would hope and dream financial media to be. We're happy to be back here today with you guys. It is 11.57 a.m., barely still morning here on this beautiful Thursday, January 4th, 2024. Of course, we're coming at you live from the Daily Peel Global Headquarters today. Not a whole lot of places that we wanted to check out here this morning, so I am just back in the headquarters with the rest of the apes here, but always wonderful to have our beautiful apes on this live stream. Thank you guys for joining me once again. You already know what's going on. We're going over all the action in markets yesterday with Daily Peel number 619 here. Can you believe it's been 619 editions? I certainly can't, but that's what we're up to here on January 4th. We got a lot to cover because there actually was, for the first time in what feels like weeks, some actual meaningful reports going around here. So we got a lot to talk about. Let's go ahead and stop wasting our time and dive right in. So first and most importantly was the Fed meeting minutes that dropped yesterday. This is relevant to the most recent meeting, which was, of course, on that December 13th date. We'll dive into some of that stuff and see what kind of game Jay Powell is spitting this month. Uh, maybe it'll get us a little bit more prepared for the coming meetings. We got one at the end of the month here. Then again in March, May, and all throughout the year. Once again, we'll be just as entertained as last year, but even more entertaining, arguably, was some of the stock price movements yesterday. To the upside, really tough call to find anything that moved higher yesterday, to be quite honest. Thankfully, Eli Lilly had some good news coming out, so that made my life a whole lot easier, but we had some uh, solid movements from energy stocks as well. In the meantime, SoFi Technologies and Xerox wish that they can just forget that day. We'll go over into all of that. We'll bully them a little bit, as we always like to do. And then, of course, finally, speaking of bullying as well, Fidelity is kind of pushing around Musk and the rest of the team over at X here. We'll dive into that below as well. And so with no further ado, let's go ahead and just recap what happened yesterday in markets more broadly real quick. So happy Thursday. Apes, once again, it is Thursday here. But yesterday on Wednesday, just two trading days into 2024, we're already getting our vibes killed. Both days has been relatively rough, especially for names like the Russell 2000. Small caps are getting absolutely brutalized. Once again, they're victims of equity market violence here, and they lost 2.68% yesterday. Well, the other indexes, they were down, but they weren't down too, too much. The Dow was the leader with the 76 basis points loss. But the best part is that even though WSO Alpha lost 99 basis points yesterday, still managed to outperform the index. But outperforming the index when you lose less money is not really that much of a brag. So we're going to try to avoid saying that <laughs> go forward, but still off to a weak start in the sense that we have lost on both days, but we've also outperformed the NASDAQ on both days, so can't really be too mad about that. Now, Treasuries in the meantime, they've been relatively, you know, trying to keep us on our toes, but still a little bit boring so far this year. Tenure did briefly breach that 4% level yesterday, not by close or anything like that at all. By the end of the session, it was more so around 3.9%. While the two-year move similarly, it was a little bit less uh, retreative in terms of falling back to its original levels. Started off the year around 425, now we're at 435. A lot of that seems to be coming from this hawkish rhetoric out of the Fed, which is definitely a big vibe killer. But before we dive into that, let's go over some of the stories of the day. Uh, the alleged return to value outperformance that everybody was hyping up in 2022. Turns out it was just that limited to 2022 because 2023 was the second worst year on record for value stocks versus growth. I'd show you the chart, but it's in a Bloomberg article. I don't have a Bloomberg subscription. If you do, definitely go ahead and check that out. Meanwhile, the job hunt is already getting a little bit harder. The number of open roles fell to the lowest level, as we learned yesterday with the Jolt report. Uh, but if only there was a program that could make getting a job in hot finance easier. I mean, I can't think of anything, but maybe something like some kind of academy or boot camp of some kind. I'd like the name academy better, but hey, if you've heard of anything like that, feel free to go ahead and check it out. Then, of course, the 10% wealthiest Americans are getting even more wealthy compared to the rest of us. 
They own a record 92.5% of stocks and mutual fund shares. Hopefully markets absolutely crash so that we can actually finally start to eat those rich. Uh, but personally, instead of eating them, I would rather become one of them, as I'm sure most of you agree with. The only way to do so is to be aware of what's going on in the world, make some smart investment and career decisions. One of the best ways to do that is to keep tabs on our overlords at the Federal Reserve. So the lizard people that are certainly part of the Federal Open Markets Committee uh, finally dropped one of their latest reports yesterday, giving us the rundown of exactly what was said during the meeting held December 12th to 13th. Uh, basically, it wasn't necessarily that there were specific lines in here, but the overall vibe of the conversation was a bit of a, a bit of a vibe killer for markets overall. Basically, what happened was following that December 13th meeting, the market branded it as kind of a dovish hold. It was basically them saying, hey, the Fed is guiding that they're going to be coming rates early next year. They just don't want to say it because that's going to fuck everything up and delay that soft landing or eventual landing that everybody's been hyping up since fucking Vietnam, as far as I'm concerned. But unfortunately, during the Fed meeting minutes, there were some lines that kind of changed up that vibe, made it a little bit more hawkish than it seemed to be. So that caused markets to kind of reprice their expectations for rates going forward. And of course, that's going to have an impact on equity valuations today because those rates are used as the baseline of a discount rate. Uh, and so if we go ahead and take a look at some of the percentages, basically what we have here is we use the CME Group's tool, great tool, actually might as well open it up right here and just play around with it a little bit more. So if you click into this, this will show you exactly what the uh, kind of market weighted or market implied probabilities are of certain rate movements into the future. So this one is relevant to the January 31st meeting. Basically what it's saying right here is that there's a 93% chance that rates are held and there's a 6.7% chance that rates get cut by 25 basis points. If we go up to the March meeting, we see the possibilities expand a little bit more, but it's the same thing. They're seeing a 62.1% chance on, uh, basically 62.1% chance of rates get moved down one time by then, whether it's by March or January, this chart doesn't specify. So that's pretty much what it is. And then we have uh, we have here quite a lot of those changes in probabilities as they went forward throughout. But uh, yeah, oh, I see a comment from somebody on our uh, LinkedIn profile here. Always love responding to these when I actually see them. What's going on, Padre? I don't know if I just pronounced that. Probably absolutely butchered it, but glad to see you on the live here. Thanks for joining us. But anyway, back to the action of what's going on here. We saw a month ago on December 1st uh, for the March meeting. This is what we're talking about here. On the March for the March meeting on December 1st, markets gave a 55.1% chance odds of there being cuts by then. A week ago, that was at 73.9%. So the expectations for a rate cut was even higher. Keep in mind that week ago was following that December 13th meeting. But then a day ago on January 2nd, that was a little bit lower. It had fallen off just a bit from that 73.9%. And then yesterday, following the Fed meeting minutes, it fell even lower. It looks like it's falling even lower here today. And if we go out to the next meeting in May, it's even more extreme in the amount that that's followed off. Basically, the main takeaway here is that market expectations for Fed rate cuts have decreased or extended. So they're not necessarily pricing in a March cut now. Definitely still pricing in a May cut, but whether or not they're pricing in a March one is certainly up for debate. Uh, but that's definitely something you're going to want to stay aware of. There were a couple of lines in the report itself. I mean, overall, it was just a bad vibe, but there were certainly some lines that the Fed dropped that uh, at least scared the hell out of me. So if we go ahead and take a look here, they basically said inflation and rate outlooks were associated with an unusually elevated degree of uncertainty. To translate that Fed speak, basically they're telling us they have no fucking idea what's going on. And as a result of them not having any idea of what's going on, they said that the economy could evolve in a manner that would make further increases in the target range appropriate 
that would just about be the worst way to start off 2024. Personally, that's worse than getting that fat lump of coal that I had left under my Christmas tree for me this year. Uh, but either way, you know, we'll live with it. We'll take it. Thankfully, being young, even if markets do go down, you got plenty of time to buy. So it's not the end of the world just yet. Shout out to all of our older apes out there. I mean, obviously, you guys don't want the market to go down. But hey, that's your fault for being old. Let's go ahead and move on down to the actual stock movements of the day. Eli Lilly was the only real one with some upside uh, for an actual reason yesterday. It was 4.31% because turns out that it's... Uh, it turns out that its own weight loss drug called Zepbound is actually gaining some market share on the other ones that Novo Nordisk has dropped on the market over the past couple of years, uh, or past couple of months, I probably should say. But it turns out they're taking away some of that market, according to BMO and Bank of America. Bank of America just named them a top pick alongside Merck, as well as I think Gilead was their top pick for a biotech name. Definitely go check out that list if you want to trade based on other people's ideas. Um, but either way, it was great to see that Eli Lilly, it's carrying its weight, wink, wink in terms of the obesity drug market. All right, so energy stocks did get a bit of a boost yesterday as well. This generally isn't a good sign for our day-to-day lives, but hey, if you have energy stocks, it was clearly good for your portfolio. So oil prices did jump up a little bit yesterday on kind of increased macro uncertainty. They're still very, they're still relatively very low compared to history. They're at about 80 bucks a barrel or so. I think Brent was yesterday. I didn't really look this morning. Probably should have actually done my research before I went on live, but it is what it is. Uh, so essentially what we saw was oil prices starting to turn back up. That's going to happen with increased macro uncertainty because it's kind of a safe place. Everybody needs oil. That's why what Greta Thunberg wants you to think here. Uh, you know, during the day, she was actually spotted wiping tears from her eyes with those paper material from those paper straws. Obviously, it disintegrated right away. It didn't really work out too well for her. But if she had some energy stocks in her portfolio, she would have been okay with that going on. Either way, let's go ahead and move on down to the actual rotten stocks of the day. SoFi, I mean, what a piece of shit this was yesterday. It just, these downgrades just keep coming in 2024, and SoFi was the latest victim of those yesterday. That does put them in the same league with Apple, but when it's in the same league as Apple and they fell 3.5%, and you fall almost 14%, just about four times that amount, uh, really isn't something to be too happy about. So it seems much more like these uh, investors, you know, the... The analysts over at Keith and whatever the other last names are in that company, they certainly weren't too happy with the performance. A lot of other analysts disagree. So it struck us that, you know, a lot of analysts think that the analysts who came out with this downgrade are actually just smoking Keith instead of working there. Uh, but definitely something to look into, especially if you have exposure to the company. Xerox, I mean, nothing made me feel more like a boomer than writing about this stock yesterday because I can't remember the last time that it was relevant to anything. But when you're cutting 15% of your workforce as a 188-year-old company, actually, I think it's supposed to be 118-year-old. That's a bit of a typo. Uh, completely my bad. Whatever. I promise I can do math. That's a typo there. But anyway, they're cutting about 50% of their workforce. That's going to be a total of 3,075 employees. I'm just glad that they wait until after the holiday season. That's at least the nice thing to do before having your livelihood get completely eviscerated. So a uh, great way to start the year for the stock and those employees. All right, moving on down below, we are solving for X today. Solving for X, by that I mean, of course, the valuation of X uh, as at least reported by Fidelity. So to give a quick explanation of what's going on here, if we go over into this report, this is the portfolio holdings report for Fidelity's blue chip growth fund. So this is a, obviously it's a mutual fund that Fidelity offers. It has both public and private shares in companies. And what they have to do on at least a quarterly basis, they do it monthly, but they're required to do it every 90 days by the SEC regulation. They have to come out with updated valuations because there are certain private holdings within this. And if we scroll all the way down below, we can see 
X Holdings Corp. This is Elon's baby right here. This is the this is the, well, it's not the money maker. It was actually the money loser yesterday. But as we can see, they have declined their valuation on this from about uh, to about five point five nine million is their exposure in this portfolio at the very least. As you'll see in our reporting on it yesterday, that was a seventy one point five percent reduction in value compared to forty four billion dollars. Now Fidelity reports that X is worth just about twelve and a half billion. Definitely a tough return, but when we go ahead and compare that to some of the other stocks, namely Snap, uh, you see that it's somewhat right in line with exactly what Snap was doing. They were down 52.46%, but I'd rather much be in the camp with the other social stocks. Everybody knows that Snap is one of the shittiest stocks out there, just like Twitter was when it was public. In, its, in Twitter's entire history, I don't know if it actually had upside from what it IPO'd. It did rise higher than that for brief periods in its history, but by the end, by the time that Elon took it all away, it really was just a miserable outing for them. Net in printers, in the meantime, have seen upticks in their share prices as the, as the digital ad market has returned. But Elon decided to tell his digital advertisers to go fuck themselves. Don't get me wrong, that was one of the absolute funniest things I've ever seen in my life. We're certainly here for it. I hope it continues to happen. But it, from a business perspective, it's certainly questionable at the absolute best. Although it was absolutely hysterical to see him roasted Bob Iger there a little bit. But... Uh, this is going to keep happening pretty much every month. Fidelity does report this on a month delay or so. So this actually happened uh, back in the beginning of December is when that devaluation went. So since then and now is when the go fuck yourself incident actually happened. Likely a little bit lower at this point, but hey, we'll definitely keep you updated on that and show how much Elon is burning for his investors in this company. All right. And then, of course, no better way to end it today than with a nice wise quote from Mr. Musk himself. He said, I'd rather be optimistic and wrong than pessimistic and right. Even if the valuation of X Holdings is decreasing, Elon still just wants to be optimistic rather than just be a pessimistic hater, piece of shit like the analysts over at Fidelity clearly are. Shout out to anybody that actually does work at Fidelity over there. Definitely let me know uh, where that valuation came from. Give me some insider information. I mean, let's leak it. Let's make it public information. Probably shouldn't have said that, but hey, just nobody sue me. It will be okay out here. Either way, thank you guys all so much for joining us once again on this live here. It is now 12, 11 p.m. Have a great rest of your afternoon here on this beautiful Thursday, January 4th, 2024. Thanks so much for joining us once again. And as always, happy trading. Have a good one, apes. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way. Patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.